0: Be still, my soul, the Lord is on thy side. Bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. Leave to thy God to obey. Faithful will remain. Be still, my soul, thy best, thy heavenly friend. Through thorny ways leads to a joyful end. Be still, my soul, thy God doth undertake to guide the future as he has the past thy hope thy confidence let nothing shake all now misty shall be bright at last. Be still, my soul, the waves and winds still know His voice who ruled them while He dwelt below. Be still, my soul, the hour is hastening on When we shall be forever with the Lord When disappointment, grief, and fear are gone sorrow for God, love's purest joys restored, be still my soul, when change and tears are past, all safe and blessed we shall meet at last. Be still, my soul, be still, my soul, be
1: still, my soul. Amen. Yeah, I love it when a song becomes a prayer. Yes, that's right. And Miss um, Molly, i never, I don't think I've ever heard you sing better. But honestly, I, I've never, uh, I've never sensed the spirit of God while you were singing that's right. like I just did. Um, and honestly, the song became a prayer. Thank you. Well, I want you to go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 says, "And, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. I used this as part of Sunday school class this morning. A few of you might have been in there. But, the, uh, you know, that's, that's, we passed by that little first portion, but that's so, so vital. These words that I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. You're never going to teach something to those that come after you until it's in your heart. It said, and thou shalt teach them diligently. Teach what? The things that are in your heart the things that have been commanded to you that are in your heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. Father, I pray that you'd bless here tonight, Holy Spirit of God, guide my mind and my thoughts. Sweet Holy Spirit, I yield myself to thee. Oh God, I pray that through the message that those that are here might sense the Spirit the way that I sense the Spirit of God during the song. Lord, I pray right now, please, again, that you would just As always, just wrap your arms around us. We need you. We need your protection. Oh, God, we need your guidance and direction. And, Father, we come to you in the power and presence in the name of Jesus Christ. And, Father, I bind any spirit that would try to make its way into this place tonight. And Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus that you turn back every enemy that try to snatch away the truth here tonight, please. And Lord, this, this is not a repetitious prayer. This is a prayer that I believe is just vital. Please, Lord, help us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to preach tonight on this Thought: How can I help change the culture? How can I help to change the culture? I'm gonna give you some information, statistics. Gonna be a little bit more of a lesson here tonight, but millennials, which are basically the, the 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 age that we call the millennials, that the world calls the millennials, is is from about 20 years of age right now to about 37 years of age. So the millennials are moving into uh, their they're, they're past. You know, we think of millennials, we're thinking of teenagers, but they're not, they're, that's not who the millennials are anymore. But they're basically from about 20 to 37 years of age. Millennials are the largest people group in our nation. They're the largest people group in our nation. Think of that. The twi- from 20 years old to 37 years old, that's the largest people group of our nation. And today, statistically, millennials lean more towards socialism than capitalism. 44% of millennials desire socialism over capitalism. 7% prefer fascism over capitalism. 7% of millennials prefer communism over capitalism. 42% prefer capitalism. But it means, of course, the two of them are much lower, but, but literally more millennials believe that we ought to be a socialistic nation than they do a capitalistic nation the primary reason is because our nation's educational system and that educational system is dominated with liberals who are almost always socialistic and communistic in their belief and teachings and that's not me saying that I mean all you have to do is research it and you'll find out that statistically that's where they are at the very best is fifty percent of of, our, of the educators in our higher education, our, our universities and colleges, is 50% are, ex, are liberal, uh, and then you add in a, about another 20-something percent that are extremely liberal, uh, and, and how the percentage of those that, that are socialist in their, in their leanings. Truth is, that doesn't even include those that go to the point that they are Marxist in their leanings. Now, our children are not taught the truth of socialism. Here's where the problem is. Our children are not taught the truth of socialism, and they're not taught the truth of communism. But much like the ads about alcohol that have been going on you know, ever since I was a kid, they have the only utopian views of socialism and communism presented to them it's It's all the what they, they tell them how much better it would be, and it, honestly, in some of the definitions, if you go purely by the definition and you ignorantly read the definition, it, you know it, it can sound it can sound almost utopian in in their nature. But here, listen to this now. here's what the sad point is. Sadly, approximately 35 percent of all of our millennials do not know the difference between capitalism, socialism, communism, or fascism. You see, they they are saying that they would rather have socialism than they would capitalism, but 35% of them don't know the difference. And here's what's happening. They're parroting what their teachers are indoctrinating them to say. It's, it's, you know. The truth is, it's much like the guy I heard on the radio um, a long time ago, and and I was I was in Chicago and. And uh, there was some kind of thing that was going on with the farmers and the subsidies and different things. And the government was voting on, you know, trying to, you know, give the farmers these big subsidies to try to help them, you know, along. Because, uh, you know, I mean, they're in the the stage now. A farmer, in order to to make a living other than just to to provide for his own family, I mean, a a combine, one combine will cost you a million dollars. And so, you know, the, the tools and everything that they're doing today. But so they, they have the, these subsidies for them, for the farmers. And this guy was being interviewed on the radio, a guy in Chicago, and he was angry and demanding that this not go through. He said, the farmers, he said, I don't care about the farmers. this is what he said now. He said, I don't care about the farmers. I don't care about whether they get a subsidy. They don't need a subsidy. They don't need help. He said, if I want vegetables, I just go to the grocery store. (laughs) And I I about wrecked my car. I'm listening to it on the radio, and I thought, this can't be possible. This human being can't be functioning in this world. they're never taught what I what I stated this morning about the millions and millions of lives listen there's literally and I say this morning where you maybe you're in another class or I mean in the junior church or something but but there communism socialism Marxism fascism Nazism whatever you want to call it these They're they're responsible for millions and millions of people being butchered. They're not taught of the slaughter of the people that are deemed to be without value. I mentioned that this morning, how they lined up as almost 400,000 farmers and families and just shot them in Russia. Why? Because they needed the land for industry. They're never taught about the lines to get bread or the denial of medical by governmental health care. They're never taught about that. They're never told that. They're taught as with Bernie Sanders that they they can call uh, they can all have free education, not understanding that someone must pay for that education. And. They will pay for it if they don't realize it. If they ever get that education and actually begin to work, they're going to be taxed so much because there are people coming after them. We're such a selfish people we think about right now. I want free education for me right now. Well, guess what? You're going to be paying for somebody else pretty soon. They are never taught that there's somebody that will choose their education or career for them. They were never taught that there are two groups of people in these, in all of these things, they all blend together, they're different, but they, but basically they come down, all of them come down to this, two groups of people, the ruling class and the servants. It's much like the old caste system of the lords and the peons. Someone has to pay. The government does not have money itself. It only has the money it takes from you. Did you know that? I mean, I know they print money, but they don't have money. They really are only supposed to spend the money that they have, and they got that money from us. This is... (laughs) It's so insane, this society that we live in, because it's a brainwashed society. About four or five years ago, I wrote on a, on a Facebook a post because I was so frustrated with what I've seen and I'd been seeing for twenty years, and I'd been preaching this and teaching this, and I finally you know had this this you know I had I don't know several thousand people that were kind of following me, and so I I decided I'd write this, and I said, look, folks. Because, I'll be honest with you, the millennials, but the Christian millennials were really pushing the fact that they had been, uh, they would really sacrificed so much because they had gone to these unaccredited schools uh, called Christian schools, and they'd gone to these unaccredited colleges that, uh, you know, uh, I wish they would check and see about, you know, Harvard. But, the, uh, uh, but they'd gone to all these things, and, and you know, they could, you know they, they could now, you know, go to do this or do that, and they should have gone to state colleges and state universities and all these things. I I just got really frustrated with it, and I said, you know, the fact is, do you understand that you, if you had, you would not be making this stand as a preacher, as a teacher, as a leader, because, listen, most of you would have drifted away. Ninety percent of Christian kids that go to state universities today, after the first year, don't don't, don't go back to church. So it's, it's a devastating thing uh, what's going on, but, but how are we going to make a difference? How are we going to make a change in this when we have so many of our our young people that are right now, this, the, the educational systems are being run by people that are indoctrinating them. That's, listen, folks, whether you believe us or not, from the 60s on, and it really started late 50s, where they started saying you, you got to go to school, you got to go to college, got to go to college, got to better yourself, got to go to college. Well, let me just help you this. If everybody in this room got a high school degree, then we've all got the same opportunity for the job past that. Did you know that? But if everybody in this room gets a college degree, we've all got the same opportunity for a job past. I mean, you know, the fact is, we're still all on level ground. So if everybody's got the same thing, how are we better? You say, well, education is always good. And I believe in education. I believe in education. I believe it's good. I believe it's good to study. I just don't believe it's God, but I believe it's good to study. I believe it's good to to know that. The truth is, I've got three degrees right now, and and I'm not sure, uh, you know, but anyway, the... uh, the the fact is is that that I think they're they're useful if you use them rightly. But but here we we are we're struggling so much because there is the the whole reason they wanted us to go to school was not for us to have a better life. It's so that they could indoctrinate the masses so they could control the masses. This is hard to swallow, isn't it? But all you gotta do is look at it. And I've been saying this for for 20-some for odd years, you can ask my, ask my wife, and it's amazing. Now, all over the news media, all over, the, especially the, the conservative news media, you know what they're saying? They're saying the, our colleges are liberal and indoctrinating our kids. Wow, fellas, where you been? You no, know, the fact is, is that's what's going on. They are indoctrinating. That's the reason they're there. That's when you go to class. I got five years in Memphis State, and I didn't, have, I didn't have a dozen classes in five years where I actually studied the subject. You say, well, what in the world did you have? Their philosophy. It didn't matter not what the subject was, they were going to give their philosophy. And you know what their philosophy was? It was liberalism, socialism, communism. That was their philosophy. That was in the 70s. Now, it's come to a perfect storm today, but what are we going to do right now? Number one, learn the truth and teach the truth to your children. This is going to be really difficult, folks, but we just read it. Learn the truth and teach the truth to your children. Folks, for, for way too long, we have, we have been a people, a Christian people that, that we, we come and somehow the teaching's all left up to the preacher, the teacher's all left to the Sunday school teacher, but folks, that's not who turns out your kids. It's not. It's the parents. It's the parents. And, and for years and years, our parents have blamed the church, the pastor, the youth director, or the Christian school because their kid went off. But listen to me, folks. It was our responsibility to teach them. Everybody understand what I'm saying? It's our responsibility. But here's the reason. And, and watch this. I was like everybody else. I, 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 I struggled too much with insecurity, not thinking that I knew enough to teach them that somebody could teach them better. And we're doing everything we can here. I'm begging you. You know, look, that's why we started a foundations class, which we're, we're blowing the doors on right now. We had 20 in foundations class. That's why we're doing it, because we want, we want people to get the truth. That's why uh, I don't know how many they had today, but listen, listen, I beg you, you ought to go, young people, if you say, well, I, I've got those, those basics uh, of, the, of the, uh, the Christian life. Okay, get in Brother Hopper's class and, and learn uh, about the truth of the Word of God. But you got to learn something in order to, So you know what I'm going to do tonight? I'm going to go through some definitions here. 35% of the people, and I got to thinking, 35% of the, of the millennials who are so much more educated than we are, I mean, just talk to one of them, they'll tell you. And it's because they know how to work an iPhone better than we do. But I thought, I wonder if we know what it is. Socialism, a political and economic theory of social organization that advocates that the means of production, distribution, and exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole. You know what it says? The government controls everything. And, hey, folks, let me ask you now. Utopian society, does that sound good? Everybody's got it equal. Do you understand that in that society, somebody's going to decide who needs what. And they're not necessarily going to be your uncle or your aunt or your mom or your daddy. It's going to be people that don't care about you at all. Socialism is part of a Marxist theory. It's a... it's. Socialism is a transitional social state between the overthrow of capitalism and the realization of communism. Understand? This is by definition, folks. What they're, sa- they're saying we're for socialism. Do you know what that is? That is a status where we're transitioning from capitalism, but where this is not a destination. It is something to take us to communism. That's by definition, folks. That's not me making it up. That's a, that's a strict definition. Communism, definition of communism, a theory advocating an elimination of private property. A system in which goods are owned in common and are available to all as needed. That sounds great, doesn't it? Hey, hey. Everybody can go get whatever they need whenever they need it. Anybody hearing me? Who decides what you need? Well, I need food. I don't think you need food. Man, I've got to have some medicine. I don't think you need medicine. Why don't you think I need medicine? Well, are you productive in a society? Well, not as I used to be. I mean, I'm older. I can't work like I used to. I can't produce like I used to. Then you don't need the medicine. Folks, don't you understand? If these kids were just taught the truth, how could they want this? Forgive me, but that's what governmental health care, that's where it ends up because there's somebody in charge that's going to decide whether you or I need that surgery or not. That's exactly right. Nazism, that, that term has been thrown around so much, the body of political and economic doctrines held uh, and put into effect by the, the Nazis in Germany from 1933 to 1945. This is not like communism or socialism. This is just a a time period type of thing. But now, listen, including the total, totalitarian uh, principle of government predominance of especially Germanic groups assumed to be racially superior and supremacy of the fewer. They had one leader, and they believed that they were racially superior. And, and, and listen, uh, you know, it's a, it's a terrible thing. Millions of people were killed just simply because they were not German. It's a wicked thing. But so is socialism. So is communism. Fascism a political philosophy, movement, or regime that exalts nation and often race above the individual that stands for a centralized autocratic government headed by a, dictator, a dictatorial leader, severe economic and social regimentation, and forcible suppression of, of opposition. Can I tell you, folks, do they, here's what's so crazy. A capitalist is in direct contradiction of this definition A socialist is the one that wants this. Definition of capitalism, an economic system characterized by private or corporate ownership of capital goods, by investments that are determined by private decision. You know what? You have a right of decision. And by prices and production and the distribution of goods that are determined mainly by competition in a free market. It's sad. They don't even know the definition of capitalism, yet they're against it. And you know, say again, how do we change this culture? We got to know the difference. We got to know really what's the difference. So when these, these words start getting bannered out there, we, we, we can able, intelligently look back at people and say, do you even know what that means? It's like when I won a, a to Lord this. I was out at um, the shore, Lake Shore, at uh, in Michigan, up there. Uh, well, as in Indiana, but you know, Lake Michigan and. And, uh, and, and a marine biologist, and he was a young graduate. He graduated, and he's working for the state there, and he was a marine biologist, and he came down walking down the beach, and, and he had his you know his uniform on, and, and, and I walked up to him and started talking to him and started talking to him and started to give the gospel to him, what he wanted to tell me about his degrees and about evolution and about all those those kind of things, and, and we, we we talked a little bit about it. Uh, you know, eventually I, I got to him, and, I, and, I, and this is all I did, and if you ever get to it into a conversation with these kind of people. They believe they're intellectually superior to you. Here's what you have to do, especially about evolution. All you got to do is have one, one question and just keep asking it. Where would that come from? And he would tell me about this and this, and I'd say, well, wow, that's incredible. Where would that come from? And he'd say, well, you have to understand. You know what you do? You eventually get to the point they don't know where that came from. And they start struggling when they don't know where that came from because Whatever, it can, look, if, if something was created in their thinking, it had to be created from something. But we have a God that can create something from nothing. Amen. That's right. And God bless the young man, he bowed his head and trusted Christ after about an hour. And you say, man, you must have been really intelligent to debate this guy. Yeah, I did. Where'd that come from? As I said this morning, it begins with changing me, though. It begins with changing me by learning some truth about what we're really battling. And then if I learn the truth, then I can teach the truth, and I can stand for the truth. But we got to know a little bit, folks. And I don't mean that you spend your life, you know, studying all this. These, this, this takes a few minutes to look these up. It takes a very few minutes to look at these definitions. You can look through it, and, and the truth is you can come real quickly to figuring out that, that the first four are, are, are all really first cousins. And capitalism is the only one that's really different. And it says, we have a choice. Somebody else does not make the choice for me. Right. Next thing I want to say, and, and I'm about really about done. This is really simplistic, but If we're going to make a change in our culture, we're not going to do it by fighting the culture. We're going to do it by Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. You know, God says no matter how terrible it gets, no matter where the culture goes, I'm with you. And you know when he's with you? He's with you when you're going and telling people about Jesus. He, hey, look, we've we got over here, so I, I think I already took about my office. we got probably, I had stacked up here, uh, there was brought to me about 15 different names uh, over the last two or three weeks, maybe maybe more than that, 17, 18 names uh, over the last few weeks. People that trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. That doesn't even count the people while we are out visiting. That doesn't count the people while we were out teaching uh, and talking to people. But this is where it says, Go ye therefore, watch this, Go ye therefore, Hello? Go ye therefore. It's not real hard. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Teach them what? Teach them how to be saved. You say, well, Brother Hooker, don't we have to learn other stuff? Yeah, that's where it gets to the point. And and watch this. And teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. If we're going to change this nation, uh, look. Uh, I believe that this nation is still free because there was a movement in the 60s and 70s of soul winning churches that went out and they went out to reach people and they went out to teach people. They went out to to see them get saved. They went out to bring them to church and get them baptized and watch this. Then they continue to teach them. 2 Timothy 2. Verses 1 through 4 says, Thou, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. If we want to make a difference in our society, we do. Watch this now. We do what the liberal colleges are not doing. we actually teach them they're not teaching them they're indoctrinating them they're indoctrinating them with what they want them to say what they want but watch this if we can teach them the truth the truth will set them free all they got to do is learn the truth I believe that even, I don't care, you know, if we could get there to, to University of Memphis and we could get to every student at University of Memphis, I believe there's a great portion of them, if we could sit them down and say, what do you believe? A lot of them are going to espouse liberal propaganda that's been pumped in their head but if we sat down with them and gave them the definitions without the title gave them the definitions of each one of these things and said look down here and tell me which one of these you want to live under I'm telling you that most of them would look down and say oh my goodness I'll take this one and it would be capitalism they just don't know what they're saying when they say this. So you know what we got to do? We got to reach them with the gospel, amen? And then we got to reach them with the truth after that. We got to teach them and train them and we got to help them. So I've got a plan uh, uh, for us tonight and, I, and it's, it's a real simple thing. I believe that we need to teach our own children, first of all. It's got to start at home, folks. It's got to start at home. got to start at our, at our church right here. We've got to do it. And I don't know if y'all realize this, but we're not just trying over at the junior church to, to put up pretty decorations and have entertainment and have that. It, it is, it is a, a concerted effort to, for that child to be hit with the truth of God from about nine different directions before he walks out of there. Why? Because he's going to be bombarded with propaganda, and when that propaganda has no legs to stand on, and the truth rises up, he's going to say, wait a minute, I don't believe that, if he's taught. Now, I'm going to just say something. It's going to sound a little strange, but, but the big reason that we're losing our kids when they go to state college is not just because they're being taught by the liberal. It's one of the reasons is because when they walk in, they're not taught before they get there. They don't know what they believe before they get there, so they swallow, hook, line, and singer. Singer. Swallow the singer, too. And so they, they swallow it because they don't believe anything in the first place. It's wonderful for us to reach people for Christ, but as we do, we must grow spiritually ourselves so that we might teach others also. We must multiply ourselves. The two areas that we must invest in, the primary is, number one, we've got to invest in our families. I used to say this all the time, uh, especially with, with the, the military ministry that I ran and the college and everything. Listen, uh, the, the people that will get the truth like no other people, the people that will live what you believe more closely than anybody else, potentially, is your children. Not the people you, you know, brother Jesse. The one that's going to believe what you believe more than anybody else is not the bus kid. It's going to be yours. Now I believe we can make a difference in the bus kids. And I believe we were making a difference in the sailors. But listen to me. My emphasis was not on those sailors. My emphasis was on my own children. And so we've got to reach our, our own families. We've got to teach our families. We've got to have time with our families. We've got to teach them not just the facts of the, of the Word of God so that they can name this character and that character, and they know the story, and they've read 17 times that, that David killed Goliath. No, we've got to teach them what the Bible says about truth and integrity and decency and honesty and morality, We must multiply ourselves. Secondly, if we're going to change this culture, we got to disciple others. We've got to disciple others. Today, Brother Bob had twenty in his foundations class. How many? What did you have today? Do you know? That's right. Probably about twenty in and in, and in their young adults class. Here's my question is there anybody here tonight that would go to Brother Bob and say to him, give me a name of somebody in your class that I can commit to that I will meet with them once a week, every week, for an hour? Folks, we got them for about Really, I speak for about 30 minutes. He speaks for about 30 minutes out of 168 hours. Who's going to win in this thing? But if they had one-on-one somebody that would say, Bob, give me a name of somebody, and if they'll meet with me, if they'll at least get on the phone with me, I'll tell them to go to a passage of scripture and open it and, and listen. You know what I can do, folks? Uh, we we've got discipleship material, uh, and we'll order more of it. I'll give you what I got. You can start off. You start it, it. It's such a basic thing. You say, well, uh, you know, some some of that stuff so simplistic. It's not to people that don't know. They've never heard it. But who would be willing to just say to Brother Bob? Give me a name of somebody that just needs somebody to say, let me meet with you. Let's meet on the phone. Let's talk. Let's, uh, what, is that, what is that? FaceTime. It's FaceTime. Let's do something. Oh, we're getting really quiet now. If we're going to change our culture, we'll begin one person at a time. That's how we do it. I don't know if y'all realize that, but that's, that's really what God's been doing here at this church. And truth is, it's because we, we created new classes where people could come in, rather than me teaching everybody in here at Sunday school class. We Part of the reason we've grown is because they're going after their people, and they're trying to teach their people. I, truth is, we're about at the point We're going to have to divide some more classes. We just got to figure out where, where we're going to put them, how we're going to put them. I'm going to do a simple illustration. Oh my goodness, I've run late again tonight. Don't get mad at me, but if you do, I don't really care. The um, (laughs) do this for me with you two men, you three men. Would y'all walk out there and just get run one person and bring them to the altar with you? Go get somebody. I don't care how old they are. I don't care how young they are. I, I would say, Brother Hopper, probably you ought to get a guy since your wife is gone. <laughs> now, I didn't know Brother Felton and Brother Pips were going to take an hour and a half to do this. But. <laughs> Don't even come up. Don't even come up. Okay, you six, go get you somebody. I didn't think about this that I needed to probably get some women somewhere, didn't I? (laughs) Hey. Okay, what do we got there? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Why don't you 12 men go get somebody? We broke into the woman barrier, huh? Do you know that we have 24, we're just about to, we're about at the point that, that one more time, and we're just about to reach this whole crowd. So right now, why don't you just, all of you, go stand beside somebody rather than everybody had come up, stand beside somebody and y'all stand up with them. Now, folks, if you just look around for a second, it didn't take very long, but do you understand? This is reaching one person at a time. Reaching one person at a time. And if we truly would try to do this, this could be. 300 is going to be. Well, the truth is, we're going to be at the point where we not only need to split classes, we're going to have to split churches. No, don't do that now. <laughs> but the fact is, is this done one person at a time? Our problem is we look at it and we think, ah, what am I doing? I spent weeks and weeks with one person. And here's what really slap you, the, the old devil will tell you, oh, you'll spend all that time and then they'll fall away anyway not all of them are going to fall away. And this is the way that you change a community, you change a city, you do it one person at a time. You just get a whole lot of ones that are willing to invest in ones. Amen? Are we willing to do it? Are we willing to do it? It's it's late tonight, but would. Just do me this tonight. Would you pray about? Consider praying, God, if you would let me, if you would enable me, even though I might be afraid that I don't know what to say or do, but if you would let me have one person, I will give myself to seeing them grow as a Christian. I will do my best with your help to disciple them, to teach them. Would we do that? I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure. But I I do believe just the fact that I looked at Colby back over a year ago or about a year ago and said, you want to go to Africa? wasn't because I needed somebody else to ride with me on the plane. I was not going to lay my head on his shoulder so I could sleep. <laughs> but I thought this was an incredible opportunity for us to have a lot of time to talk. A lot of time to discuss some things. A lot of time for him to see a world that maybe he'd never seen before. A lot of time to meet with my son-in-law and to talk. I believe God's going to do something with it. Probably not much, but I believe. I'm going to pray. If you wanted to come to the altar, if you want to kneel where where you are, if you want to kneel within your new partner, but would you be willing? Would you be willing, Father? I pray that you bless.